You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 120, Stress and Cortisol's Effect on the Endocrine System with our guest today, Corey Ruth. Now, did you know that stress can affect our menstrual cycle in so many different ways? The female body can produce over 40 different types of hormones and the endocrine system is made up of many different glands and organs. And stress can affect all of these glands and organs, including those hormones, in many different ways. Now, because we live in a world where we can't completely escape stress, let's face it, stress from relationships, conversations, work, finances, home, children, love, you name it. Stress can impact us in many different ways. And I haven't even mentioned the environmental stresses that we experience around ourselves today. So I got Corey Ruth on the show. I reached out to her to come and join us to talk about this particular topic. Now, Corey is a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and women's health expert. Corey is the founder and principal of The Women's Dietitian and the Instagram account. So go check her out. It's at The Women's Dietitian. She runs a private practice and a digital platform for women seeking nutrition support for hormone balance, fertility, digestion, and weight management. I literally couldn't have thought of a better person to ask stress and cortisol questions to. Now, she specializes in conditions such as PCOS, endometriosis, Hashimoto's, and nutrition therapy for infertility and assisted reproductive technology. Pretty cool, right? Now, Corey dedicates her practice to a science-backed eating and lifestyle method that she's created called the Cycle Hacking. It is through this program that she customizes nutrition prescriptions for clients based on phase by phase of their menstrual cycle to optimize hormone balance and encourage healthy hormone levels. I know you're probably thinking, I need to speak to this woman. Well, guess what? Today we are speaking to her and you're getting the opportunity to listen to her. In this episode, we chat all about the adrenal glands, what cortisol is and the important role of cortisol and why it is important. We talk about the role of the adrenal glands and how that plays a key element in our menstrual cycle how to bring our adrenals back into balance if we all feel like we have adrenal fatigue, are exhausted, overstressed, overworked, or just feel flat out, what to eat to nurture your adrenals, supplements to support your adrenals, and a daily adrenal supporting list of to-dos. This is a beautiful episode with Corey, and I highly recommend you tune in all the way to the end so that you can discover how to support your adrenals and also balance your stress. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did recording it. Today's episode is brought to you by my five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. Are you new to getting to know your own menstrual cycle? Would you like to understand it in a better way and know how to live as a cyclical woman? Well, this is the simplified self-paced course for you. It teaches you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with the action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook and audiobook. 
This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions and identifying PMS and cycle science before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 500 women from all over the world who have taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being a listener of the show, use the code cycle love to save 20% off. Corey, welcome to the show today. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm thrilled to have you and to chat about all these little bits and pieces we've just been discussing before we hit record around stress and cortisol and adrenals and how does it actually work in a woman's a woman's body. Um, but before we jump into everything and learn more about who you are, tell us what day of your cycle are you on today and how are you checking in? Yeah, um, I, I'm about day 13 right now. So typically I have a little bit of a longer cycle, so I don't think ovulation is in sight just yet, but I'm feeling pretty good. Fantastic. Now you've recently just had a baby too. Yeah, she is going to be 17 months, which is so wild to me. Um, But here we are. (laughs) Here we are. How did, speaking about babies and you just mentioned about ovulation, how did your transition go from having a baby to gaining your cycle back? Because this is your first child, right? First, yeah. 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 So how, how did that go for you with um, mm-hmm. going from pregnancy to labor and then all of a sudden becoming a mom and then right. having your cycle return? How was that journey? I know. And it's, I, yeah, it's so different for everyone. I, you hear so many horror stories, you know, and, um, and it is very common to have all of your hormones kind of as they like, as I like to say, they're kind of waking up again. Um, I had some really heavy cycles when it first came back, it came back about six months postpartum while I was still breastfeeding. Um, and it took a few cycles to even out it, you know, that heaviness was definitely something that I hadn't experienced in a while. And it was like, I, it was intense. I was like, Ooh, okay. So I, I think, you know, there might've been some estrogen fluctuations kind of ironing themselves out, but, um, overall it's been good. I, I feel, I feel good. I, I felt like I was ready for exercise again. Um, actually after I stopped breastfeeding, breastfeeding is so metabolically taxing. <laughs> I did not feel like moving my body. And once I, that kind of journey ended, um, I felt like getting back into exercise and movement. So yeah, I feel it good. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. I love hearing every um, mother's journey because it is yeah. so uniquely different. And it just goes to show that your yeah. cycle is uniquely different. Therefore, your experience is going to be so uniquely different, right? Um, but let's learn who you are because listeners are probably like, who is Corey? So yeah. tell us, who are you? What is it that you do? Where do you live? And you yeah. know, what are you really passionate about? Yeah, so I am a registered dietitian. So uh, here in the U.S., dietitians go to school for a long time. Um, starting in a couple of years, we have to we have to have a master's degree. So I have a master in science degree, um, and then you have to do a long internship that's unpaid. Hope that changes soon. Um, but we we collect a lot of um, experience, a lot of clinical experience before we're actually able to practice um, as healthcare professionals, which is important. So yeah, so that's kind of my my background. Um, academically. And I started working, I had all kinds of dietitian jobs out there. There's all kinds out there. And I had, I swear I had them all. It was not fulfilled. And so I decided to open up 
my private practice and I've always been very interested in hormones and endocrinology. I have PCOS um, and so I do a lot of work around polycystic ovary syndrome and I just, my practice just exploded. I, I, it's been such an amazing journey and I absolutely love what I do. I love that I get to help women. I get to talk to women all day and support women and empower them. It's, it's the best job in the world. I love it. Yeah. I love that. It's um, a lot of people who start out in the health industry very much believe that, okay, I'm just going to start in this position. And then this position is going to be what I do for the rest of my life. But Mm -hmm. it's kind of like dating before you find yeah. the perfect person, you kind of got to like date a few people to, to know what you like and don't like. <laughs> really slimy, ugly frogs. Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. And business is the same. So I love that that's been your journey. Um, yeah. And in this conversation today, I really want to talk about adrenals and our adrenal yeah. gland and the adrenaline response. And so we're, we're recording this in 2021 and 2020 was, I think the year of high adrenaline Ooh, yes. <laughs> and high stress response and mm-hmm. probably fluctuating cortisol for everybody. But when we get into this topic, I think it, it's a really misunderstood um, area of a woman's health in regards to the endocrine system, because it's kind of just, yeah we just link our adrenal glands with adrenaline and we don't really know what they do Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so first question is like what are our our adrenal glands yeah so adrenals and and I and I love that you mentioned that too about you know being in tune with with that part of our health because there's such a big connection and it's so complicated and it can be influenced by so many different external and internal factors So your adrenal glands are little organs that sit on top of your kidneys. They look like little hats and they make what's called cortisol. And cortisol is our main stress hormone. It basically works with certain parts of your brain to control things like mood, your motivation to get stuff done, your fear. It's kind of your body's alarm system. I like to call it. And if you think about, you know, back in the day when we were needing to run from like a saber tooth tiger, you need a certain amount of cortisol but you don't want to have too much because when we run into too low or too high cortisol, that's when we can see kind of negative downstream effects on other parts of our health, like our hormone balance. So cortisol is helping you manage how your body's using your macronutrients, carbohydrates, fats, proteins. It's helping to mitigate inflammation in the body. It's regulating your blood pressure. It's increasing your blood glucose. So your blood sugar levels, um, it's helping with your sleep and wake cycle. There's all kinds of things that it's doing in your body. So it is really important when it comes to, you know, your, your health as a one and as men too, of course, but we're talking about, we're talking about the ladies today. So the menstruators uh, it, out there, the, men, <laughs> the menstruators, exactly. Um, vagina owners. So yeah, cortisol is super important when it comes to regulating a lot of these processes in the body. Um, and when it comes to get kind of, and we can talk about, you know, if, and when it gets out of whack, what, what the side effects are, you know, what the symptoms show up as, but it is really important to consider this hormone when we're talking about our health. I think it's a hormone that a lot of us kind of forget about, right? Totally. Yes. Yeah. Stress is such a big part of our everyday lives. And in the Western world, particularly in the Western world, we can't escape stress, Mm-mm. you know, and with a lot of people just link stress in with financial stress, relationship stress, children's stress, school stress, yeah. study stress, work stress, you know, 
Not like really. all the, like the regular stresses, but what about oxidative stress? Yes, <laughs> what about absolutely. stress of our environment? What yes. about the stress of, you mm-hmm. know, staying up a little bit too late? Mm-hmm. You know, like there, we just can't escape like every aspect of stress. We can't escape, but we can learn to manage it. Um, I think let's talk about um, how our adrenal glands and whereabouts actually a couple of questions. Where do the adrenal glands live in the body? So like if I was looking at my body right now, uh-huh. how would I pinpoint okay. where they are? Sure. Oh, where? yeah. So they're right on top of your kidneys. Okay, cool. So kind of like towards the back for those who you kind of have no idea about. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they literally look like little hats sitting on top of your kidneys. They're very cute. Um, I, the kidneys and the mind. kidneys. Yeah, they are right. And the kidneys kind of look like red kidney beans. Yes. Yeah, so like kidney beans. Mm-hmm. The way I always like, <laughs> like to share on this Corey is that, you know, Lego and like the little Lego hats or the, the hair that you stick on the head of a Lego person. That's yes. kind of like the adrenals are kind of like the Lego hat on top of the Lego. Yes. That's a, um, yeah, exactly. So, accurate. okay. Okay, cool. So that's, that's where they are, our adrenals in our body. And mm-hmm. then other question is we talked about cortisol as a hormone roughly how many hormones does the female body produce gosh that's a really good question i should know the exact answer to that and i don't know the exact answer that's okay Um, i've heard it's over 40 like 40 to 44 Oh, that makes sense yeah i I know it's a lot Mm. it's a lot i don't know the exact number though i love your honesty thank you the reason why I asked that is because I wanted to kind of put it into perspective that when women go, oh, my hormones, it's my hormones are out of whack. I'm like, do you realize oh, right. how many hormones yeah. your body actually produces? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Which ones? Yeah. And cortisol is a really important one, right? So what are the positive roles of cortisol in the body? Because we spoke about how our adrenal glands can govern our mood and motivation and fear and, you know, yeah. are acting like that alarm system in the body. Right. Um, but specifically what's, why is cortisol important for us? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's helping to, it's, it, that's your kind of your body's stress response. And it's, you know, like I mentioned, kind of helping to regulate all kinds of things when it comes to inflammation, how your body's using the nutrients that you're taking in and kind of needing to absorb and then repurpose. Um, or use, and then it's regulating your blood pressure. It has effects on your weight. If your cortisol, for, for an example, if your cortisol is really, really elevated, it kind of makes the body want to hold on to weight and not let it go. So one of the things that I like to look at when you know I'm working with a client who wants wants to work on weight management, let's take a look at your cortisol, see what we can do to tweak that. Um, it has effects on our blood sugar, which our blood sugar is super important for hormone balance. Um, it controls our sleep and wake cycles. So all of, you know, energy levels, definitely. Um, and it kind of does boost, it kind of gives us a boost of energy that can help us to handle stress as it comes at us. But the problem is when we are constantly exposed to stress, when we're kind of under this, in this chronic state of stress, like uh, cough, cough, pandemic, handling that, um, you get into this zone of, you know, adrenal kind of burnout and depletion and that's when women can start to feel really really yucky for lack of that's a scientific term by the way yucky um and and then you know they're wondering what's going on why why is my uh estrogen my progesterone my testosterone at the doctor's office coming back normal and i still feel horrible well we need to discuss what's your what are the state of your adrenals and what's going on with your cortisol 
I'm loving this topic and that you've mentioned this and brought this up because I feel that a lot of women, I see this myself. So let me know if you see this in your practice, that women are very much like, Hey, I'm the modern day woman. I can do everything. I'm going to go, 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 go. And it's like, yeah, I can, I can run my business. I can be a full-time mom. I can be a single mom if I want. It's like, you just named who I am. So (laughs) Perfect, right? So this is exactly yes. your life. Now, yes, I'm not exactly. a, I'm not a mom or a single mom, uh-huh. um, but in general, women yep. today we live in this, um, and I talk a lot about in my work around the f- feminine and masculine polarity, and so we live in this inner polarity and then also outer polarity with others. But yes. women in polarity of relationships, women mm-hmm. can do everything themselves, and yes. you know. Right. Um, data and John Wyland talk about this a lot is that we don't need men for anything really you're just can, you're just firing up my feminist, you're my feminist <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right now. we can do everything <laughs> right but how does doing everything impact our health and our well-being in regards to our adrenals that's where I'm going with it is that I feel that a lot of women are reaching this burnout stage and they're not listening to their bodies so they don't realize their bodies are creeping up to the burnout yes so if we were if we're listening to this and we're like I'm that woman too I'm like right and I'm like Gemma and I do all the things but and I feel a little bit exhausted or run down a little too often what are some signs that your body would give you that your adrenals are like I need a break yeah so it can manifest in so many ways I think um it can manifest you know, your, your cycle, we can have cycle irregularities. Stress can absolutely impact our cycle. It can, um, delay ovulation. So you have a longer cycle, but it can also your body when it's really stressed out, will will actually stop making adequate progesterone and will switch to making cortisol because it's a precursor. So you can have a really short luteal phase and have an early period. So if you notice some that popping up more frequently than it used to, that's definitely a sign to look at, take a look at your hormones and your adrenals fatigue. I mean, burnout 101, right? We're feeling tired. Um, it's, it's a, it's a, a type of kind of energy level, you know, energy level crashes, um, are definitely a sign that your body is like, please give me a break. I need a nap. (laughs) So if you're feeling that, yeah. And we always joke about it. Like, Oh, 3 PM crash rolls around. I'm like, that's not normal. It's not, I love your space. Yeah. Yeah. No, we shouldn't, we should wake up and have sustained energy and get tired before we go to bed. That's what our bodies are designed to do. So fatigue. Um, and then we see heightened, you know, PMS when we see this going on and we see more mood swings, irritability, um, we see more things pop up over the long run, like anxiety and depression. These are all connected. And if you're getting bad sleep and you're tired, that's only going to exacerbate those two conditions. So, um, headaches, um, bloating, digestion issues can definitely pop up as a result of adrenal issues because your digestion, digestion um and how your body is kind of absorbing and utilizing and processing your food and your nutrients is going to be affected and it's affected by your brain also and these these things are all kind of sending your your gut messages Um, it can impact our bacterial balance 
which has another actually has an impact on our mood. There's more research coming out about that. So um, there's all kinds of ways that it can manifest. Uh, but just to name a few, I think we're talking about um, cycle irregularities, fatigue and energy crashes, energy level crashes and dips. And we're talking about PMS symptoms um, that are, you know, more severe than they were in the past. Mm-hmm. I love, I'm loving this. Um, yeah. I feel and that mood and, and digestion, mood and digestion, actually, horrible job. I'm feeling like a lot of women are listening to this and being like, tick, tick, tick. Yeah. Hot. I have- I, I have all of those things. I agree. Yes. Yeah. And Definitely. I feel like every little man, and I'm always harping on about this. And if you're a listener here and you've mm-hmm. heard, like you've been listening for a while, you know, but for you, Corey, I'm always harping on about if your body's giving you a little message, you need to listen nice. to it because if a hundred messages are coming through, that's like a crowd yelling at you to get down, Yes, you know, so- get off the bridge. So it's really important to just recognize when your body's communicating to you. And Mm -hmm. it goes to show how big a role our adrenals have in our body, right? Yes. And you mentioned about progesterone and, you know, when this rolls back and drops down really briefly, why is progesterone so important for our menstrual cycle? So for a healthy cycle. Yes. Yeah. So project good. And that's a good, uh, a good point to, t- to kind of talk through because we, we all have heard about estrogen, duh, but progesterone is not talked about really as much. And it's, so if you, if you take, say that, um, perfect, magical, mythical unicorn, 28 day cycle, and, um, well, not mythical. Some women have the 20, a 28 day cycle. Um, but actually the majority of women do not. So if you had to have this 28 day cycle, ideally halfway through those 28 days, you're going to ovulate. So after ovulation is the only time that your body's pumping out ample amounts of progesterone and progesterone is kind of the yin to estrogen's yang. They kind of work together, but in the second half of your cycle, you really want progesterone to be a dominant sex hormone. Progesterone is kind of your chill, calm hormone. So an estrogen can be a little bit um, energizing and a little bit even anxiety inducing for some. So progesterone is kind of this nice kind of um, chill out hormone. It makes us kind of want to, if you think about our cycle and how we're feeling in our luteal phase, we kind of want to hang out in our sweats more, chill on the couch, Netflix and chill rather than go out and socialize and, you know, wear, wear our sexiest outfit. That's estrogen. Progesterone is um, definitely more calm. So, so progesterone is really important to help balance out estrogen in the body. We don't want to have too much estrogen. It can, if we're not producing progesterone for a really long time, it can put us at a higher risk of endometrial cancer. And so um, that's definitely something to consider if you're not ovulating really at at all. Definitely a sign that you got to do some work with your hormones. Um, When it comes to ovulate, I'm sorry, pregnancy, you need progesterone in order to sustain a pregnancy. Without progesterone, you will miscarry. So progesterone is really important um, on a biological level because on a biological level, our bodies are always kind of wanting us to, to get pregnant, which is why we ovulate every cycle. Or we're that's why we exist. Why that's <laughs> also why we exist. So super important. You know, I always I always harp on this in my practice and um, in the programs that I run. You know, even if babies are the farthest thing from your mind or, you know, you never want kids. It is still really important to focus on fertility because fertility is a sign of health for women. And, 
Um, and it really, it, it, it's a good indication that our hormones are nice and happy. And if you think about hormones as kind of the symphony, we've got to have all the musicians playing their instruments at the, you know, at the right time, the, you know, the right tempo in order for everything to work and be this beautiful, harmonious sound. So that's what we want to be working on, whether or not we actually are trying to get pregnant or ever even want to. Fertility is important. So progesterone is a very uh, crucial hormone when we're talking about female health and, and fertility. So it's, it's helping us to keep PMS symptoms at bay also, because when it's too low in, in connection to estrogen, that's when we see exacerbated PMS symptoms, mood swings, headaches, bloating, fatigue, um, period cramps, heavy bleeding once our period does start. So all kinds of reasons um, to focus on progesterone and progesterone is so impacted by stress. So to bring this full circle, progesterone is highly sensitive to stressors. And like I said, your body's going to say, if I'm stressed out, why am I, you know, all these things are, are taxing to physically for our bodies to do. So why am I spending all of this energy producing progesterone? I don't need to get pregnant. I'm I, what I need to do is stress out and get that stressful situation under control. Like put that fire out. So I'm going to make, I'm sorry, I'm going to make cortisol instead. And I'm going to spend my energy because energy is, you know, it's, it's, if you think about, if we put it into cost terms, energy is expensive for our bodies. So they're going to put their, your body's going to put your energy into cortisol and stress and putting out that, that, um, you know, that, that fake fire and it's not going to, it's not going to be producing progesterone for you. And then you get period issues and everything else that I just talked about. So I always talk about in my work, in my practice, we always talk about stress management and self-care. It is so important. You cannot out supplement your way. Uh, you cannot out supplement your way, you know, away out of, you know, progesterone and, and, and stress reduction and stress management and self-care. You, you can't do that. You have to, you have to address that too. Amen, sister. And like we yeah. spoke about, you can't, you can't escape stress. Right. And I love that you mentioned that the cycle is a sign of a healthy woman. And yes, I feel yeah. that a lot of women, and I love that you mentioned that regardless of whether you want to have kids or not, or yeah. like even on your radar for the near future or just never, right. it's still so vitally important. And when your cycle's a little bit off, yeah. that's when you feel like there's something off within you, whether it's yes. your mindset, your mood, whether yes. it's your energy levels, how you're sleeping. Um, it mm -hmm. just goes to show that it's such a, plays a huge role, right? Because when we think of yes. our menstrual cycle, we think of ovaries, we think of uterus. Yes. Sometimes yes. we think of the thyroid. And we're starting right. to learn more about the our glands, you know, the ones that live yes. in our brain. But mm -hmm. the adrenals are kind of like left out a little bit. This is why I wanted to have this conversation. Yes. Um, so thank you for like sharing all of that. Now, when yeah. it, especially around progesterone. So when it comes to the ad adrenals, what is the main role of that gland in the endocrine system with the menstrual cycle? Yeah. So we, we, the adrenals and cortisol. Well, yeah, it can be the adrenals and what the adrenals produce. Definitely. Yeah. We've already had a, a, an episode on, on the show where we talked about the thyroid and the thyroid's response and how that plays a role in your menstrual cycle and mm -hmm. how you can't just like, you know, if you get your thyroid removed, like that's going to largely impact your cycle. Yes. So with yeah. your adrenals, how does, um, mm -hmm. yeah, how, what role does that have in the menstrual cycle? Like the whole cycle. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, what the, what the adrenals produce, like adrenaline and cortisol, um, how does that play a role too? 
doubling up yeah. with questions. I always ask like 50 questions in one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm sorry in advance. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a, a, a few that I focus on in my practice. So definitely um, adrenaline, we're talking about that. And that is kind of our body's quick fight or flight stress response. And that can have a big impact on sex hormones when we're talking about this whole big picture and stress. So um, the other one that I want to touch on too, which I, I measure uh, on, when I do testing is DHEAS and um, or DHEA. And DHEA is actually an androgen, but it's produced mostly by our adrenals. And that androgen DHEA can, um, it does have it is important for fertility purposes um, and cycle regulation, but it also, it can bring on some symptoms of androgen excess if it's too high. And that could cause things like acne, uh, hair loss, hair thinning on the head, um, facial or body hair growth for women. And it can also contribute to cycle irregularities or anovulatory cycles, cycle um, issues. So those are the things that I primarily focus on in my practice. I love that, especially that you mentioned how much, you know, little things like DHA, um, DHEA, like yeah. acne and hair thinning, you know, a lot of women experience yeah. this and they're like, I've got no idea what this is and why this is happening to me. And they get really confused. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. The Well Women Academy is my signature group coaching program. It's a weekly membership together where we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, audio, video, and guided home study. Join me and women from all over the world as together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and everything to do with your yoni. This is your chance to join an international community of supportive women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's a cyclical sisterhood like no other, not to mention it's also cheaper than your daily coffee fix. To learn more and to join us, head to wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's wellsome, W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E.com forward slash academy. What ways, if a woman or a menstruator, um, I love that you mentioned a vagina owner. So yeah. if vagina owners, if you yes. are experiencing any of these kind of adrenal fatigue-ish signs, like your, your adrenals are run down, what are some things that they can do to help bring their adrenals back into balance? Yes. Yeah. So um, there's different things. To, let's talk about, so we're going to talk about nutrition. We're going to talk about exercise we're going to talk about um, just stress reduction techniques. And then we're going to talk about supplements because there are, you know, I wish there was one magic pill that I could say, take this, you're good to go. But unfortunately, because it's so complicated and impacted by so many different things, we kind of have to look at these four areas and there are more, but for the purpose of today's show, we will, we'll focus on these four. So nutrition wise, um, it, I always talk about blood sugar balance in my practice because it's, it's not, you know, it's an, I, it's not a sexy topic, blood sugar balance, but it is really important when we're talking about hormones, because when our blood sugar is dysregulated, if you think about, and I always say the standard American diet, but whatever standard Western diet, it's very carb central, very carb focused. You know, you go out to dinner, you're served bread or 
tortilla chips, breadsticks before your meal gets there. Then your meal comes and you've got maybe pasta, rice, very little vegetable, big, probably big portion of protein or, or, you know, normal size, but lots of carb. You've got a carb size. Maybe you've got a dinner roll or you've got a bread, you know, bread on your sandwich, or you've got French fries, which potatoes are starchy. So I consider them a carbohydrate. And then you've got your, maybe you have a cocktail and there's some sugar in the mixer. So you've got some carb there. And then you, after dinner, you have dessert and you've got a carb there. So we're just, that's just a, it's very typical to see that. And the vegetable is like the afterthought. It's like the garnish. I always laugh when they serve, I don't know if they do that where you, where you are, but they'll serve like a little parsley sprig on the plate. And I, I, I get it. Like that's for aesthetics, but it just cracks me up because I always joke that that's the, the vegetable on my plate. So, I do have to say just really quickly, cause I come yeah. to the States every year and last year okay. the pandemic was the first year in eight years that I haven't been to the States. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And okay. I, whenever I order meals, especially if it's like Indian or Thai they're like kind of like my go-to takeout kind of cuisine I'm always like can I please get it's vegetarian but can I get extra vegetables you know like you do the veggies and then you put in some meat can you just take the meat out and replace that with extra vegetables yeah I never forget I did this up at Big Bear Lake I was Uh on a a solo road trip there and I went to this restaurant and I got pad thai and I was like it never comes with vegetables so I was like can I please get some extra veggies and I'm not kidding I'm pretty sure a whole bunch of spring onions was delivered on the top of my, that was their idea of extra vegetables. And I was just like, wow, there was no noodles and some bean sprouts. And I was like, oh, the vegetable here. But um, but yeah, hilarious. So yeah, it's really important. Yeah. Thank you. That's hilarious. I love, I can totally, I'm like visualizing that right now. Yeah. So perfect example of how we, how we do in these parts. So, um, yeah, so back, I'm off my vegetable rant, but, uh, back to what I was saying about blood sugar balance, super important to, um, to make sure that you're paying attention to that because when our blood sugar is spiking and then it's dropping and it's spiking, and it's dropping what it does is it actually, it, it can impact our cortisol. It, it, it exacerbates cortisol issues. It's a, it's stressful for the body to have to try to regulate that continuously versus us just being able to do that, or, you know, through, through better eating habits. So I always recommend a protein breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Make sure you're getting that in. Try to get in when you're looking down at your plate, you want half of that plate to be low starch vegetables, low starch vegetables, are, and there are, we're kind of flipping our perspective on how we're thinking about vegetables now. So there are vegetables that are, yes, they're veggies, but they are starchy. They have the ability to impact our blood sugar a little bit more than those low starch veggies. So those are things like potato, sweet potato, corn, peas, um, uh, pumpkin, hard winter squash, like spaghetti squash, butternut squash, those kinds of things. So those are great. They're healthy foods, but I like in my practice and what I like to teach clients is to think of those veggies like a carb. So any other vegetable is fair game. You fill up half your plate. Maybe you do broccoli or spinach or cauliflower, eggplant, peppers, kale, whatever you want. And so you've got your protein, you've got half of your plate, your veggies, and then you add your carb. So if you look at that, if you look at a plate like that versus a plate you get served at a restaurant, the proportions are so different and that affects your blood sugar dramatically, which then affects your cortisol. So when we're talking about things like, um, 
Well, we're talking still still on nutrition. The other thing that can be really helpful for blood sugar balance is fiber. So we all talk about fiber for digestion, you know, haha, nice, it'll give you bowel movement. True, accurate, perfect. But it's also really important for blood sugar regulation because it actually helps negate that blood sugar spike that would otherwise accompany the food that we're eating. So I think a perfect example of that would be instead of choosing the sourdough or the white bread, when you go for brunch, get the whole grain, small, simple swap. But that fiber is going to help to slow down that that insulin spike that that's going to come with that meal. And then we're always trying to pair our carbohydrates with protein um, and fiber and fats. So instead of just doing a banana as a snack, banana with peanut butter. That's an example, very simple example. So that's going to impact our cortisol and help us help our bodies kind of feel less stressed about these big insulin dumps that we're potentially exposed to. Um, and then when we're talking about exercise, movement is so important for blood sugar control. Taking a walk after a meal, just getting a walk in once a day um, can be really important for helping to kind of keep that blood sugar stable. So that's something to definitely consider, you know, when we're talking about healthy eating, the two healthy eating, you know, nutrition and movement go together. You want to have both. And a lot of us get, you know, we have our sedentary jobs and, um, and you know, now the gyms are, I don't know, you know, here, the gyms are still pretty much closed. So we still want to try to get some movement in. So try to think of a way that you can get that in, um, on a daily basis, Stress management techniques, there are tons out there. You know, we can talk about meditation, something really simple, hot bath, reading a book, um, doing some yoga, taking a walk while listening to a podcast, gardening, you know, there's all kinds of stuff. But the thing about stress management techniques that I always like to, to, to preach is um, it's not about what we're doing like once a month. Like we can, we can all go get a massage once a month and that's all fine and dandy. And you should do that. But it's about what we're doing on a daily basis. What are we doing on a consistent basis? That makes the biggest impact in our stress and our cortisol levels. So whatever we decide to do as far as our self-care routine, it can be simple. It doesn't, you know, people think about self-care and sometimes their minds wander to expensive, you know, this or that, whatever it might be, but, uh, massages, um, facials, but what about just a hot bath? That's free. I mean, you got to pay your water bill fair, but it's going to be a lot less pricey. So think about small things that you can integrate into your day. And, you know, for me, my, after my daughter goes to sleep, that's my time. You know, the rest of the day is taken up by, by caring for her and working. So when she goes to sleep, that's my me time. And that's really when I can do whatever kind of self-care things that I want to do, whether it's take a bath or do a face mask or get in a little bit of journaling. So think about where you can fit that into your day um, and commit to that, prioritize that. That's going to really make a big impact. Um, and then when it comes to supplements, uh, you know, like I said, you can't out supplement some of these issues, but supplementation can be really supportive of some of the other changes that you're working on, like diet, movement, self-care strategies, uh, or routine. So supplements, um, and when I talk about supplements, I'm not prescribing them. Please speak with your doctor before starting any kind of supplement routine, but I'm just going to list a couple that can be helpful. Um, phosphatidylserine is a really calming supplement. I, I often give that for women who, when I test it and I look at their adrenals, they've got higher cortisol um, and higher adrenaline. So that phosphatidylserine you could take, I typically give that before bed and it's very calming, but it's not going to do anything to impair cognition. So that's a really nice one. Um, GABA and L-theanine can be really great for high adrenaline. 
So those are, are great mood boosters and they're gonna help to support your adrenaline kind of coming down. And then uh, adaptogens can be really supportive. There are all kinds of them out there. Uh, ashwagandha, valerian root, rhodiola. So, you know, a nice adaptogen complex um, can be really nice as well to use. And a lot of women in my practice find that they, they, they feel better. Their moods feel brighter. They feel adaptogens. If you think about the name, what they do, they helped your body adapt to stress. And just like how we talked about, we can't eliminate stress in our lives. We have to focus on how we're perceiving, handling, absorbing, and dealing with that stress. So adaptogens help us to adapt to the stress that's inevitably going to kind of come at us. So, um, yeah, so that can be helpful from a supplement perspective too. These are all fantastic tips. Good. I'm, I'm so glad they're helpful. And if you think about it, we're already eating food. So it's just about changing that up a little bit. We're already yes. moving our body in some way, even if that just means walking to the car yes. or, you know, we are moving. It's just about having a better or a more um, vision, like um, laser vision on the movement and ways that yes. you can move to support you. Um, and stress management, love that. Simple things, so important. Yeah. Um, and sp- sometimes it's just remembering to breathe before you eat. Oh, you yeah. Know, like just totally. such, it can be really simple. Don't complicate it. The only thing I will add into that is that if there's something in your life that's really stressing you out, it might be a good idea to remove it. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, if you like, can. Yeah, definitely. Can. Yes. Um, I'm loving this conversation, Corey. Thank you so much. Now yeah, we're absolutely. almost out of time. So I have two, two final questions for you. One question is, tell us what would you recommend to someone who's already feeling fatigued and or or already has adrenal fatigue Mm -hmm. and is looking at doing three simple things they can implement or act out on or bring into Mm -hmm. their life that's going to support them in balancing out their adrenals Mm -hmm. yes good question so i would say um i would say focus on get more fiber in, try to get 35 grams of fiber in every day. Um, get a walk in every day. And, you know, the power of nature is so, you know, it's huge and it can really be a big mood booster, which helps to kind of calm us and keep us balanced. Um, I would also say, you know, and I, we didn't discuss this actually when, uh, when I was talking about those four things, caffeine intake, ah, um, I hate to be caffeine police because I love a good cup of coffee as much as the next. Um, but caffeine does have the ability to really mess with our cortisol. So I recommend one cup of coffee per day or less, and that's it. And I have a lot of clients coming to me, you know, I'm two cups in the morning, a shot of espresso in the afternoon. I get that. I've, I've done way worse in my life every day. So, but it is, it it really can jack up our cortisol. And so I, I really, I hope that that's helpful for women who, um, who are doing more than that amount of caffeine per day to make that one small, simple change. Cause that can really have a lot of, a lot of effects. And I will also add to that. If you are somebody who has anxiety, you are, that you've been diagnosed, you already have that going on court caffeine. Actually, ca- there are, there's lots of research to show that caffeine 
really makes anxiety worse. So if you are somebody who deals with anxiety, definitely double check, you know, you know, really prioritize that caffeine intake and try to get that down. It just goes to show that not everything is amazing for us all the time. <laughs> um, caffeine is something that I've actually just never liked the taste of coffee ever. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And so people always ask me, oh, why don't you drink coffee? Yeah, <laughs> I have friends don't like that. Like it, you know, I just don't yeah. like it. Um, and I'm very grateful for that. And a part of me as an, like as a now mid-30s adult is a bit like, mm-hmm. maybe I should try it again. But I'm like, no, I don't want to welcome that habit in. Start now. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay not welcoming that habit in. Yeah, um, exactly. Corey, thank you so much for sharing all of this beautiful information and helping clear up a bit of air around yeah, our adrenals and how important they are. Um, I do have a final podcast question before we, yeah. we run out of time. And this is a question yeah. I ask all of our guests and it's completely yeah. switching gears. And I would okay. love to hear your thank insights you. into this. Is what are three guiding tips? So think back to your younger menstruating self when you first got your period, teen or tween. Mm-hmm. And I want you to think of three tips you wish you had have learned or known then that you now know today. Um, My first one would have been, don't take the birth control that your doctor gave you. Um, Not that birth control is bad. I never would never, but me personally did not go so well. So, and this is just me. I would, don't take the birth control. Um, It's going to make you feel horrible. Um, track your cycle. It is so important to know where we are in our cycle. I cannot even, I I can't believe that I didn't used to do that. I mean, my gosh, it tells me so much about what's going on in my brain and body. Um, so keep track of your cycles, even if they're all over the place. Um, and oh my gosh, what's my third one? I guess for me personally, because I do have PCOS and, um, you know, talking about blood sugar balance, it's extremely crucial for women with PCOS to focus on blood sugar balance. And I never even knew what that was. And it it really um, made a huge difference in my health and in the health of many that I work with when we focus on limiting um, how, you know, carbohydrates and sugars and Uh, not eliminating because YOLO and I love a good bagel as much as the next also, but, um, but, but limiting and, and really focusing on prioritizing other, the other nutrients. I wish that I would have done that when I was younger, I would have felt so much better and I would have handled my PCOS like a boss. I (laughs) do that now, but I did not used to do that. So that's a a really great point because I feel like a lot of teens, even when I teach in schools um, around menstrual cycles, Mm-hmm. I see them and the food that they're eating, it's just like, oh, yeah, it's not really doing the, the best for you. And because you're at that adolescence age where you're like, I'm yeah. independent, you can't tell me what to do. And this is what yeah. I want to eat is that I think having awareness about like, look, if you're doing that and your body doesn't feel good, let's, let's look right. at it. Cause that's yeah. the age bracket that could easily, yes. they're becoming independent where they can buy their own sugar if they want to. Right. So, exactly. Um, oh, and I did. You. Yeah. I think we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. Yeah. Um, now, Corey, thank you so much for joining us. Before we wrap up, tell us where can we find you? How can our listeners connect with you and learn more about what it is that you do? Sure. So um, I have my Instagram account is probably where you can find me most. I'm on there every day, all day. And my Instagram handle is the women's dietitian and dietitian is spelled with two T's. 
Um, so there's that. And then my website is the, you know, www.thewomensdietitian.com. And then I have a TikTok, same handle. Um, and that's probably the best way to find me. I do have two programs that I'm launching. I'm relaunching one and I have a new um, program, my PCOS Boss Academy, which is focused on PCOS and healthy, sustainable weight loss. And then I have my Get Pregnant with PCOS program, which will be its fourth time launching. And it's been so successful and I'm so excited to relaunch that. So both of those will be um, coming out again in May and I'll be dropping lots of details on that soon. Amazing. Well, I will be putting all of those links in the episode show notes so that if you're listening to this and you want to learn about it, it'll all be there. But Corey, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. This has been so fun and very illuminating. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag WellWomenPodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.